Hey guys, Ivor Margerison here, and this is the Do New Podcast, dedicated to the exploration of unique hobbies, activities, and occupations. If you're interested in more of the project, be sure to check out my video series, Do New 52, where I'm traveling around the world for a year doing 52 different things for the first time. It's on YouTube, it's on Instagram, just search my name or head over to donew.org. With that, let's get into the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Do New Podcast. <laughs> Do new. So today I am here with professional touring musician Kevin Meta. He plays lead guitar for the punk band Knuckle Puck. First off, Kevin, thanks for coming on the show. All right, thank you for having me. And uh, so today we're going to be kind of getting into the lifestyle, the process of what this all kind of looks like as far as touring and recording and all that kind of stuff. But before we get into that, Kevin, I think a lot of people who are listening are probably fans of Knuckle Puck. So let's give them kind of what they're looking for. What can you tell us about what you guys have in store as far as upcoming tours or your next album? What do we what can we look forward to? Uh, Well, we haven't been touring that much this year in uh, 2019 because we're working on a new album we're gonna record it soonish soonish good good (laughs) soonish uh and um yeah i mean if if you're wondering why you haven't really seen us in a venue playing it's because we've deliberately tried to take some time off to devote most of our time to writing this and uh recording this new record Okay. All right. Cool. Well, good. So it should be, it kind of puts a lot of the pressure on, you know, it's like we haven't been out there because we are recording. So now it's like, hopefully this album, you know, reflects the hard work you've been putting in. Right. <laughs> I, th- I think it will. Okay, good. Now, uh, before we go any further, just a quick one for everybody, because I think it's on everyone's mind. What does, what's the name Knuckle Puck? What's it mean? We, not we, John, <laughs> our drummer got it from, he went to Sound and Fury, which is this festival in uh, Southern California. And um, it was like a couple weeks before our first show and we still didn't have a name. And he saw this shirt and it said Knuckle Puck Crew on the back. And uh, <laughs> he just, he just texted it to us and said like, well, what about Knuckle Puck? And we were like, yeah, that's that's fine. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, because, you know, I think we, we were just like, we just need a name for the show. And then like, if we, if we want to change it after, like, who's to say we can't. And I guess we just never did. <laughs> it's something you never got around to. Well, Hey, it's, it's as good as anything. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, it, and it is a, it's a mighty ducks reference, but a lot of people say like, Oh, like you, you got your name from the mighty ducks movie. And we're like, well, you know, not, necessarily but yeah i mean <laughs> might as well you know? oh good good well i think and i think it's, it has like a certain phonetic value to it it's kind of a fun word to say so i think it worked out pretty well um <laughs> uh, <laughs> now before we get into kind of like you know what this lifestyle looks like as far you know like i said kind of the touring and the business side of it let's kind of start from the beginning you know what what was kind of this process for you guys like how did you all start and what that you know i guess where, where did you guys begin and what's that kind of progress look like for you So no one really knew each other. It's not like we were this friend group that started off playing music together. We are, we're all almost strangers to each other. Interesting. It just kind of fell into place and started playing together. And and I guess, and and what's that, what's that like look like in the beginning of that? I mean, you guys are practicing in a garage and playing in your friend's basements, parties on the weekends, or like, what did the beginning kind of performances look like? That, I mean, that was pretty close to, we (laughs) we just, we started practicing in John's bedroom and like his living room, his parents' (laughs) living room and his bedroom and his parents house 
And uh, our first show was at uh, this bowling alley in Timley Park, Illinois. And uh, so it was stuff like that. I think like our second or third show was a garage show. Uh, but it was also, like you said, it was like a party first and foremost. It was very, I, I guess you could say they were like DIY shows, but it's not like we were playing in venues and stuff right. like that. We were, we were just kind of playing. And, and just playing covering songs at that point. Well, we had some original songs, but yeah, we definitely had some, some covers. had some covers in there for sure. Okay, interesting. And then, and then from this, I mean, I think a lot of people can imagine what that's kind of like—a group of people playing music and going places where someone will let them play music. But what kind of like when did you kind of start first feeling like, oh, we're doing something that people like, and like, oh, there's some money, there, people are going to pay us to do this. Like, what did that feel like, or when did you feel that? I think I probably. Me personally, I probably felt that first when uh, at the during my junior year of college, we were we weren't touring uh, between when we started and between that point when I was a junior. We were still just kind of, you know, practicing and writing when we can and playing wherever and for whatever reason. I think it it started to become more of a, a formal thing when I guess other people started to give our band credence and the internet helps a lot with that because it was an easy way to i guess garner people's opinion people's real time opinions of us uh, um, so you had so this platform we, you would kind of put songs out there and then you would start seeing kind of reviews and people saying or supporting it and the music online right you you would kind of just start to notice i guess the the little hype you had and so i remember Right when I started my senior year of school, we start we put it out. Uh, we put out a um, an EP, uh, the way that you buried, and that's what year when was that? that was 2013. Okay, I think around I think. 2013. Okay, right, right, and um, people liked it, and then that's when our manager Zach and our booking agent Jason got into contact with us and said, oh, we want to start working with the band. I think that was my first tick of, oh, we can actually consistently do this because people we don't know care about what we're doing and want to help us facilitate that long term. And that's kind of when you felt, I guess you felt like the side of it, like, oh, this can be my job. I mean, I guess once you said like the, the booking, the touring agent and your manager kind of reached out and that's, I mean, I guess that had to have been the feeling of like, hey, we're professionals. I mean, like a little bit. Well, maybe not professionals, but I started to see the, I started to see it kind of take form a little bit more and knew, oh, it's less uncertain. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't paying my my bills at that point, but I started to, we, I think for me, I I was able to real get a, a better sense of confidence in the future of the band because there are, there were these two new people helping us make the band bigger. So I knew the right steps were in motion because, I mean, before then we were just doing everything ourselves and you kind of just hope for the best and you still hope for the best now. But but even then, it, it kind of felt like, oh, this is this can this has the potential to be a concrete thing in my life long term. 
And that makes sense. And feeling those people too, because, you know, your manager and these people, these people are professionals this is what they do. So, you know, the four of you were musicians and you also had to be your marketing team and all these other things. And then you start bringing in these professionals. And I think that's probably the step a lot of people feel in, in any process when you kind of have, you start focusing on what you do and have a team that kind of helps promote you. And I guess, yeah. So, so as far as kind of how things work now, I mean, within, with what you're doing, I mean, you're doing this you know, this is your full-time job now. And you kind of touched on that with your manager, but what does the team look like? So people kind of have an idea of this, like you, you have, you know, your band and then who are the key people around you, you know, that are helping make this happen? Um, I'd, so I'd say our, our manager, he helps with, I mean, almost everything, everything. that happens <laughs> everything. Okay. with the band, you know, yep. we're in constant contact with him. Our booking agent, you know, every show, we get in North America. He facilitates that and helps us with that. We also have a business manager. He overlooks along with our manager overlooks like our accounting and uh, like our, our bank account and the more financial aspect of the band. He helps us make sure everything's kosher there. We also have an international booking agent and she does England and Europe and basically everywhere that is in North America. She helps us with that, and uh, oh, um, the our guys at our record label, um, Rise Records, they do all the record label stuff. It's kind of uh, it's interesting. I'm starting, to, I'm starting to think of uh, <laughs> everyone we have. A lot of pieces, a lot of people on the team, you know. <laughs> yeah, everyone we have helping us, and I, I just never thought I was. I'm sitting here like, oh, wow, we kind of have like <laughs> a lot of a lot of people help us, and yeah. you know, we we couldn't do it without any of them. Yeah. yeah. And I'm curious, and the, the record label one is one, you know, I think a lot of people hear that, uh, that word usage a lot, but just to, you know, keep it real simple for us. You know, the record label comes to you, you guys have an agreement and basically they're, they are producing your music. And in exchange for that, obviously they're getting a cut, but you can't produce music with someone else, right? Like you're on their label and that's kind of how that works. Like there's a kind of a contract with that. Right. I mean, they're in the business of just helping us finance recording and putting out the physical record and also having it on online on streaming services as well. Um, But they don't necessarily like you don't go to your record labels building to record your music, right? No, um, we record it wherever we want. And then, and then they, they're in charge more of the, okay, I I see someone. They're more in charge of yes. Distributing it. That's what I was going to say. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So you have this team and then obviously the kind of the two primary components, I guess, of your lifestyle is kind of the recording and the touring. So let's, let's kind of start with the recording on that note. Um, you just kind of mentioned that you can go wherever you want. So, I mean, you guys, you guys get together, you're practicing, you're writing, you're creating music, I guess. And that's actually, let's, let's touch on that first. What is that process? I'm sure it's different for every band, but for you guys, is there someone who kind of spearheads it or you guys all, is it kind of a collaborative thing or what's that kind of look like your, your song writing and you know, the music production side of it on your end? It's very collaborative. Uh, a lot of it is done. We do a lot of computer demoing, uh, like we'll get behind a computer and demo the song out, uh, and write like that. But we also will just jam in our practice space, uh, which is what I was doing today before I got on the phone with you. And uh, a, a lot of the times, someone will have something. They'll have a song. <laughs> so it starts have- with, okay, but not always the same thing. It's not always like, hey, I got some vocals. What do you have? Hey, I got this thing I want to do. You know, there is no set starting spot, right? 
Not really. I mean, I guess for us, it always starts with guitar. Okay. That's how I assume most bands, right? But yeah. um, someone will typically come to practice or something like that and say, I have this one riff. Let's build a song off of that. And honestly, I feel like that's mostly how it goes. And then Joe and Nick will always be writing on their own time. And sometimes they'll just demo out like, half a song or, or what, do you whole mean, song. what do you mean by that the, dem- the demo out what do you mean by that oh i'm sorry i mean like uh, on a computer okay. they do like a, a quick demo of it on a computer just so you can hear it um and uh get the idea for it and then you, we just kind of build off of that so it's very collaborative but more times than not someone comes forth with a, a guitar gets, riff okay so someone gets a little and as far as okay and then, and then it's usually joe and nick we're kind of doing more of the vocal side of it absolutely okay yeah. gotcha and, um, and so I guess I'm curious, like within this kind of creative aspect of it, it sounds like everyone is kind of bringing, like thinking kind of outside of it and then coming together and, and building off of each other. So I'm always kind of curious when I was in high school and I mowed lawns, like I always, every lawn I looked at, I was like looking, I like noticed what their style was and stuff. So within this like music space for you professionally, like this being your life, whenever you're listening to music, are, are you able to separate from your profession? Are you, are you always kind of trying to pull something forward or thinking about it professionally or, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you find yourself constantly trying to like find inspirations from everything you're listening to? Uh, yeah, more times than not, when I'm listening to a band, I always think, "How did they write that?" I wonder how. Yeah. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder what the origin of the song was. Like, did they come to practice one day and say, "I have this one chorus, or I have this verse, or, or something like that?" Because that's what we do. So, I, any any band I listen to, I always think, "What came first, You know, yeah. uh, in this song, and uh, it's weird because I, I before being in this band, I never listened to music like that. Uh, oh, but now that you asked me, I, def- I really do listen to music all the time. Kind of constructively. That, yeah. Yeah. With that lens. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, and so, and then after that kind of the creative process, you guys are you know creating these songs, obviously. Now let's talk a little bit about the recording side of it. So obviously you guys don't have your own studio. And so for example, with your last couple albums, have you been, has it been different people recording each one of those or no, it's, um, Uh, honestly since like the first ep the first i i guess like real release we had it's been our same guy and uh his name's seth henderson he's out of crown point indiana and um we had friends record with him and uh that's what made us go record with him in the first place and so i think we recorded that first release with him in like 2012 okay so i think or 2013 2012 i want to say okay and so we've been recording with them for like seven years and and you go there you go into their studio and you're you're physically recording there right right and uh yeah and i we just like really clicked with him over the years and he is a very good friend of ours at this point we can speak very candidly with him be completely honest with him which helps us a lot yeah. it's it's our ultimately comfortable space gotcha you know? and then, i mean and i guess so for him like his on his role within all this he owns a recording studio and his, right. is he but he's not you guys are there you're using his equipment but is he also responsible for kind of like leveling and tweaking and feedback and stuff is he he's kind of still involved a little bit on like the digital audio side of it right he's mixed all of our stuff oh, okay prior 
prior to this newest album we're about to do. Um, and so he helps with that a lot too. And we're able to often convey to him, no, make this louder, make this quieter. We want it to sound like this and that. Okay. So it is, so he's kind of part of the, okay. And so I guess what is that, what's that recording look? I mean, you guys are, are you guys all in a room just playing the song jamming out at the same time? Or what's that look like, I guess, through the actual recording? Uh, well, you do everything separately and oftentimes we'll send him, like one of those computer demos I was talking about. Okay. Yeah. And the song will be done on our end with everything on this computer demo. He knows what it sounds like ahead of time. And so when we started doing the actual song with him, he's already mapped it out and he knows what we're going to do and what we should do. So typically I think this is how we do it. And I think, I think this is how most bands do this, but um, you start with drums John will play the song on drums. And he's playing by uh, himself and he obviously isn't hearing anything, right? Or he, is he listening to the demo? Some bands will do like what's called like a scratch track. So like they'll record it loosely on oh, guitar. Okay. So that the drummer uh, has something to kind of hear a little bit. Right. Whoever goes just, for, first. just for reference. But John, he doesn't need any of that. He can, he just knows, okay. he knows what he's supposed to do without any kind of scratch guitar or anything. So he does the song on drums. And then typically we move on to guitars. We'll do like rhythm guitar and then either lead guitar or bass, whichever we want to come first. And then um, we do vocals last. So then um, he's so able to kind of listen. And then he, at that point, he can, he's listening to all the tracks like on his headphones while he sings. Is that, or is that right? Right. Yeah. And so when Joe and Nick do vocals, all the instruments are done. They're there. So all they have to do is add their instrument, their voice on top of all the. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And so, okay. I guess it's kind of a feel for that, that, you know, they're recording that side of it, kind of what that production looks like. And I think a lot of people, what I'm most curious about really is, is the touring side of it. Now you guys have been, now I know you said you this year, you've kind of taken some time off, but prior to that, you guys had a few, at least three, maybe three, four. I mean, you had a few years of, of quite a bit of touring, right? Right. Yeah. It's been about five years now. About five years of touring. Okay. And so when you, when you started off, I assume like it was like, what did the starting off travel arrangements look like? Like, what were you guys in? Where were you staying? It was, I, our first van was like, Joe and Nick found this van on, I want to say Craigslist. Probably Craigslist. Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> sounds about right. It definitely wasn't from a dealership. <laughs> it yeah. was, uh, just this, it was this blue van and there were two seats up front, the driver's seat and the passenger seat and nothing in the back. And, but the, I mean, the back was like carpeted and all that. And I think, I don't think a bench came with it, but I think we got a bench and we had one bench all the way in the back against the back doors. And so on our first tour we did, it was like, it was like a week, week and a week and a half, you know, it wasn't too long, but it was just like two people up front. And I think we had some like bean bags in the back, like bean bag chairs. <laughs> super good idea in, in retrospect and so we were it was just like five it was like six of us it was like the five of us plus our friend and uh it was just us in the back just kind of sitting on the floor <laughs> sleeping sleeping a lot in the van uh we only did like two two tours that style but in the beginning it, it's very grimy I, I guess like every stereotype you can think of uh a young band being on the road and yeah. just kind of you know grinding uh it's very much that it, it was a lot of overnight driving driving late into the night sleeping in the van unless we had 
a friend to stay with. And when we did have a friend to stay with, it was sleeping on the floor in a sleeping bag or <laughs> like on a couch or like on an ottoman and a chair. And, uh, so, and, but we, so we only did like these two short tours in this van and we had a small trailer as well. And then at one point, not that much later, we got like a real, like a real van from a dealership oh, uh, with more than one bench in the back. And, uh, we had a trailer. And so that felt like a million times more comfortable <laughs> compared to the first van, but it was still a lot of sleeping in the van, sleeping on the benches in the back, driving late into the night, driving, driving overnight. Again, we would stay with friends. And if we did, it would be, um, their one couch or on the floor and, and, uh, stuff like that. Maybe every once in a while we would get a hotel. If we had like, like a ball good... out and get a red roof in for yeah. the night, everyone would right. <laughs> get a you shower. And... <laughs> you, if we had like a good merch night at a yeah. show, we're like, Oh, we did pretty good at merch night. Let's go to this motel six, 15 miles away. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but it was very much, it was very much that just very, grinding in the beginning i remember on our first our i'm sorry on our second full u.s tour our second tour in the u.s that was like four to five weeks long that's why i made that full u.s um i remember we met with our managers but like his boss at the time uh, she owned the management company that our manager worked for um i remember we had lunch with her in la and it was we were still very green to touring and very a very young band and it was funny i remember just i was like right out of college i was just turned 22 years old and this was you know it's like what i've wanted to do since i was a kid just like playing a band and you know sleep yeah. on floors and play <laughs> basements and, and stuff like that and I remember she was telling us like, okay, you know, like you guys are a young band and you're going to have to eat shit for a little while. And so it, but you know, just do that for a little while. And then like, you'll, it'll start to pay off. And I remember hearing her say eat shit. And I was like, what do you mean eat shit? This is great. Like yeah, I'm having, <laughs> I'm having like, I get to, we're making like not that much money a night, but I was like, we're making money each night and people are paying us a very little amount to be on the store. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, to me, I was just like, I, I this is not eating shit yeah. at all. To me. But and I remember just being so, music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and like in California and New York and, and, and all over the country, I just like, did not think of it like that. And I think to, if you want to do that, if you want to tour and be in a band, you need to naturally have that mindset. And also I had like nothing to lose back then. I was just, just like a week ago to this conversation, just graduated from college. And I was, you know, obviously still planning to go live at home with my parents and so yeah. I was, I, you know, it's not like I had a, an apartment and, you know, I had to quit a job and right, I had right. to do all this stuff and sa make all these sacrifices. So I was just like in the perfect spot to fully appreciate what was happening. And, and I was like, eat shit. I, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> and so I <laughs> I think back on it now, I'm just like, wow, I totally understand what she meant. I totally get what she was trying to convey to us. But at the time I was just like, this is, 
awesome. Well, so I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure in the beginning it was like Frito diet, van benches at the, you know. But I'm sure uh, that's funny on her end. Just like you know, you guys, if you can keep doing this, you're like, oh, this is fun. Like, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> fast forwarding through that, I mean, I guess now if if someone wanted you to go on tour and do that, it would probably be a little daunting because uh, I mean, these last couple of years, you know, when you guys were doing, you know, did warp tour and stuff. What is what's the, I mean, what's your arrangement look like now? I mean, now we, we, most of the time, if we're fortunate enough to, we tour in like a, a band, which you've been on our yeah, bandwagons yeah. before. Um, like you, so you know what they look like. They're like a souped up RV specifically for touring. Yeah. And they're kind of interesting. Cause it, it almost looks like the front of a semi or kind of, I mean, they're like kind of big looking, but I guess they are, they kind of look like more of a truck that's been decked out instead more than an RV almost. But anyway, it's right. a big, it's a pretty big. I mean, I mean, they're all different sizes, but the one you guys had these last couple of years, pretty good size. And with that, I mean, you guys are all, you guys are sleeping in that every night, right? Or right. There's, there's eight bunks. There's a shower in the back. There's a toilet. There's a fridge and a TV. It's like it's everything you need. Yeah. yeah it's, I, I think it's very comfortable. It's like, it's, and again, going back to eating shit for <laughs> all that time when we first started touring, when we first started continuously torn in these bandwagons i think and i still do think this this is the height of luxury like we like yeah. uh, i will never want anything more than this because <laughs> the the fact that we got to do this at all tour and play the country and to tour the world is that's a miracle in itself and then to to do even marginally well enough to tour in a souped up rv i'm like well I got it made, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, is, like well, what more do you want? <laughs> well, that, well, I guess in the relativity of it too, you know, if you guys would have been an overnight uh, blow up and you never had to experience the the Craigslist van, then maybe now you'd be like, oh, I want a jet. But coming from the Craigslist <laughs> van, you know, relativity, now you just, you feel like a king in this thing. You're like, we got a oh. shower. I got a bed. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And it's like, even compared to, when we were still consistently torn in a van and had a trailer, we would get hotels every night. But even, even now this, this is like, uh, yeah. you know, it, it sounds crazy. Say, like, like uh, praising this, these van wagons like this. I, I think I, I probably sound like a lunatic, like I'm delusional, but like <laughs> it, it, every time I, step in one I, I always think like wow this is so comfortable we did it we're in it <laughs> this is it <laughs> i absolutely yes i that's, always feel that that's awesome and so we're gonna kind of we're gonna kind of wrap things up here uh pretty soon but i but the one thing that i'm always personally really curious about curious about with with musicians and bands and stuff and i'm sure it's very different you know as you scale up but on the business side of it like What's it look like? I mean, you guys, everyone in your band, this is their job, right? You guys, no one has another job. Is that correct? Sometimes John will do like side hustles when he's at home. Like sometimes he'll do merch at oh, okay. venues so, like, around stuff. the city. Okay. But, yeah. You know, like odd jobs here and there. But no, this is our, our this is what full-time you jobs. Okay, right? cool. As far as really roughly, I mean, what like is it is the money in touring and touring and merch side of it, or like is the Spotify? And I know Taylor Swift was pretty upset about Spotify's <laughs> payments to musicians. So, what's that kind of look like as far as like your income split between, I guess, selling music versus performing it? It's uh, no, I mean, the money is in touring. That like that's how that's how my rent is 
is paid. Okay, and so and so like if I have like a long like road trip that I'm on and I'm just like hammering knuckle puck on my Spotify, it's very unlikely to be like like buying you dinner that night. <laughs> no, <laughs> very, like that. That's a, very unlikely. I wish it <laughs> yeah. wasn't like that, but um, just, yeah, just you like, know. Hey, I mean, I'm driving to Texas. Like, uh, you know, you'll get you'll get a check tomorrow. I'm gonna listen to you the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm buying you dinner yeah, tonight. No, I mean, like <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it would help. Uh, if yeah. anything, I think that would help with like our rating on Spotify, like oh. with our monthly listeners oh, and right, just sure. like general traffic to our page. But um, so I think it helps more with that than it does fiscally. You know, so it helps be touring, you know, because we have our tour dates right, on it gets our, bigger and our pages. The, and, the more people. Yeah, yeah. So I guess just general exposure. That makes sense. Um, right, right. Okay, okay. And then, uh, and so so my last question I want to get into, I'm always just like, I, this one always like kind of gets me because you guys don't make a music video for every song, right? I mean. No, okay. only, the, only the singles. And uh, if we made one for like the singles we choose, then it's like, well, we should do this just because it'll, it'll be fun or just because we want to if we can. Oh, so it's not necessarily like, oh, this was the this is going to be the top song on the out. Like, like this is going to be the top song. Let's do a music video. It's kind of, it's just, it's not quite fixed like that. Well, I mean, we, we kind of, once the album's recorded and even like going into the album, you kind of know which songs will be singles. You yeah. like, you just, you okay. just know which songs you like the best and which songs will act the best as singles. That's, um, that was kind of my question. So you feel that like when you put out an album, you know, that the couple that like, these were the ones people are going to love. Like you kind of feel that. Yeah, definitely. And are you and, usually uh, right? <laughs> Would you say with like your last, like yes. your recent, you, you know, yeah. I mean, honestly, most of the time we're always on the same page with each other and with our manager on which songs will be singles. And, uh, you know, most of the time we're right. Those always end up being the songs when we do play live, the, like the songs that everyone is looking forward to hearing. So on that note of, of like the songs that you kind of get people hyped up for, you know, your one, the, the one song, no good, obviously was a huge song for you guys. I think it's still your most listened to on Spotify. Um, yeah. so that was now, when did that come out now? Four years, four years ago, I mean, long time ago, <laughs> 2013. Okay. So five, five. Okay. So a long time ago. Um, yeah, I and, think. And so how did you guys, I mean, you know, being a, you know, kind of a newer band, like that was a song. I'm sure you had a lot of, maybe when you guys were opening for people, like that was a song people kind of knew. So do you guys still play that when you perform live? Are you still playing like that hit that kind of like, do you still do that for people? And do you want to, do you not like, what are your thoughts about that song? Great question. <laughs> uh, because I don't think anyone's ever asked us or asked me this question. You know, I have, if I'm being really candid with you, I don't enjoy playing that one as much as I employ, as much as I, I'm sorry, as much as I enjoy playing like our newer songs like a song off shapeshifter just because you know it's it's an older song and like an older version of all of us was much more attached to it interesting when it was first written and when it was first recorded i remember like that's not to say that's not to diminish the song or the effect it has on on people in general who come out to the show because the but the way the way i guess i think about that song is well i don't i still enjoy playing it but like i'm not i'm not like psyched on it every night but i know that people in the crowd are psyched to hear so that that is where the joy comes from in playing that song now it's not so much for me anymore it's for them and that and that look uh yeah being backstage at warp tour uh this last year i mean 
people love that song, man. Or maybe I guess it was two years ago. I can't remember. But the point is, I've seen that you guys from back, like looking towards the audience, people, people love, I mean, you, now you guys, you know, coming with the copacetic, that album, I mean, there's a lot of songs now. I mean, you guys have a lot of people singing along to a lot of songs, but mm-hmm. man, when no good kicks off, like people are, <laughs> I mean, seeing that, uh, that excitement is, um, and I get it secondhand because I'm not even a part of it, but I can appreciate <laughs> a little bit, you know. And, but you're uh, getting the same view that we are. Yeah, you that know? view of, and it's very unique to see these, like, and I love the the range of it, the, you know, the grown men, the young kids, and, like, all these people who just uh, are so excited about what you're doing. And I'm sure that's, uh, I guess that's got to be what, what keeps you going, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, and um, I think that's why we consistently put that song and, our other popular songs consistently in a set list because we know sometimes I think even when I go see a band now, there's always like one or two songs. I'm like, Oh man, I was really hoping they were going to play that song, you know? And, uh, when they do, it just makes you feel like, yeah, wow. Like (laughs) they really did it. And you feel, I don't know. It, it, it helps you enjoy the show more. Having said that, I also really respect when a band just like, does not do the greatest hits hour. I love when they just do like a like a curveball. Yeah, set, that's funny. Like just deep cuts and to not not and not to you know not our spite, but just because they're choosing not to do that. And, and they I want think to show some of their new, choice. Show some of their newer stuff and 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 I think right. and you kind of mentioned that like the older version of yourself, you know, feeling that in no good. And I guess you feel that like with your songs. I mean, if you were to listen to every song that you guys have ever created in order you kind of feel an attack. I mean, you feel a growth and an evolution, I'm sure. And so do you guys ever feel kind of a resistance or a hesitation to keep a style that's your old style? Like that, this is what people want. Like, even though you find yourself growing away from that, or do you find yourself kind of growing within uh, a similar feel that you've always had, I guess? Well, that's a, also a good question because we're kind of thinking about that a lot with this new record and with writing it. And there's been a, you know, a few times where we go, Oh, this is, this is kind of cool because it remind it. It's like a good version of what this band was when we first started, but in contemporary terms. Um, and so when we, when we play songs live or even when we're writing, I, I don't think anyone's really thinking of, well, people aren't going to like this. And so that's why we shouldn't do it. If I can say so, I think we've always, kind of thought let's do what we want first and let's do what we find interesting and what will keep our attention spans and will keep us happy which is why when we do have a song out there that we really enjoy and we see other people really enjoy it as well that's what makes it feel so good is seeing them reciprocate your feelings about the song and i respect us not really placating to anyone uh despite what i guess our our band sounds like i think we've remained pretty true to our sound but also have done a a healthy job of pushing the walls out and expanding our sound even yeah that makes yeah even if it's a little bit here and there you know i think it's noticeable to me and I, i hope i hope other people notice and uh, appreciate it as well well i guess and that makes sense too because and i guess as long as you always kind of stay true to as long as you guys are always producing or you know creating what you want to create 
It's not going to be like, you know, if you guys came out making something like, let's make this version of music because everyone loves it. And then five years down the road, you find out this isn't what we like making. Whereas with you guys, you know, if you've always kind of followed this, you know, this route that you like you said, true to yourself, it's not like next year you're going to be like, oh, we should be making like more violin centric music because I mean, I'm sure it is more of a slight growth. And uh, and your true fans, people who really know your music, I'm sure can appreciate that evolution within it as well is that you guys are growing as as creators in your process. So it's it makes sense that it slowly shifts. And uh, yeah, it was an interesting take on it, though. It's, it's something that I've always kind of cur- been curious about, but something that you don't really hear a lot from people other than when someone does something really random, like Blink teams up with Lil Wayne and then everyone just hates it, you know? So, right, <laughs> uh, right. But when yeah. these things come out of left field is the only time you ever really think about, you know, someone changing what they do. But, um, and I guess in your music has kind of stayed, you know, there's definitely a feel to it. And I'm excited to see with this new album, you know, what that growth is kind of has shown and how it shows up in this new album, which, uh, which you right. aren't going to give us the date on, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I okay. mean, like I said, we're, we're be recording soonish. Uh, we're still writing it and still, putting some finishing touches and even writing entire new songs at this point. So all right, well, we'll uh, that's all right. Then. I'm it'll not going to rush. <laughs> I'm not going to rush it. It'll be out next year. That's next year. Uh, the most specific I can get with it. I'll block off my whole calendar for it. <laughs> Just <laughs> thank, the thank whole you. Year. <laughs> all right. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I think we're going to um, wrap things up here. We touched on a lot of the subjects I wanted to get into. I think we had some really interesting uh, takes on on the lifestyle of I'm just going to say rock star because it's the funnest thing to say. But <laughs> <laughs> again, um, and anyone who's interested, I'm sure what's what's your guys's like main website? I guess where where can people go find you? I mean, I'm assume you're on Instagram and all that good stuff, right? Every you know, <laughs> type in prominent, <laughs> yeah. Or I mean, our, our website is knucklepuckil, like short for Illinois.com. Okay, knucklepuckil.com, and uh, from there you'll you can see like all like our twitter and our instagram our spotify apple music all that good stuff all right cool yeah well um for those of you that already uh like knuckle puck obviously you already know how to listen to them anyone who else uh even if you don't know knuckle puck you still know the answer spotify obviously or whatever else you use check them out again their name's pretty weird so they're gonna be pretty easy to find that's the that's the real (laughs) value of knuckle puck right it's like (laughs) only one of you guys (laughs) right Uh, yeah yeah (laughs) well kevin uh thanks so much for coming on the show man All right. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.